Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. We are indeed grateful for the generosity of our faithful subscribers whose donations keep us on the air. Thank you. So listen in now on our weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly. Hey, Judy. What's going on today, sister? Well, it's another day in paradise. (laughs) Well, the presence of the Lord does bring fullness of joy. It's the day that the Lord hath made. Yes, indeed, sister. Yes, indeed. Keep our focus on him. That's right. Well, we are chugging along, my dear friend. This is week four in a series based on my book, Sprinkled Clean, that if anybody's interested, because we're encouraging y'all to walk through this process with us, with your friends and family. So it's available on, on Amazon if you haven't yet picked it up. Again, not that we're trying to sell books. We, when people gather together, God does amazing things. And we don't want to minimize you all listening to stirring words because we are so grateful to all of you who listen. But to gather together and answer hard questions, to be honest with you, just is really what uh, life change is about. So for all of you who are faithful listeners, you know that last week was a tough one, right? Uh, We empathized with Job's challenges that were monumental by any standard. I mean, monumental. He lost everything. But we also acknowledged that he pridefully accused God of betrayal. And that in Job 30, 20, and 21, he cries out, I cry to you for help and you don't answer me. I stand, I wave my arms, it doesn't say that, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me, God. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. Talk about some fist waving, right? And then we pondered our own reactions when we feel like God isn't hearing our pleas. So today we're going to dig a little deeper into our hearts that are a bit confused and certainly finite. Our minds are finite relative to the Lord's wisdom, but hang in there because next week it gets easier. We're going to embrace grace next week. So Kim, if you would pray us in. Yes, I'll be happy to do that. Gracious Heavenly Father in Jesus's mighty name, We are so grateful for your grace, Lord. We need your grace to help us get through this life and to have courage to confront the condition of our hearts. Because, Lord, you said such something that was so sad in the Old Testament. And you said these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And Lord, we never want to be described in that manner. We want our hearts fixed on you. And plus, if there's anything in our hearts that does not belong, we submit them to you so that you fix our hearts. 
So, Lord, we just thank you. We yield ourselves to you in this session. And we want to be found worthy of the high calling by which we have been called. We want to walk worthy of that high calling. And we can only do that with your help. So we give you praise, honor, and glory in everything. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen, sister. So, Kim, pride is prevalent even amongst the Christian community. I think we don't really want to admit that. But every time we demand our way, we're questioning God's sovereignty and his goodness. We're, we're trying to be the boss instead of surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And even the Apostle Paul said, for I don't understand my own actions, I don't do what I want, and I do the very thing I hate. But as frustrating as those failures, those doubts, those lapses can feel, it really is an intricate part of our journey because it's when we fail and fall and scrape our knees that we have the privilege of bowing before the Lord to confess, to reconsider, and regroup. I'd like everybody to remember the words of James 1, 3, and 4. It's not a fan favorite. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, for the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So James is saying, celebrate your challenges, remembering that when we are weak, then he is strong. That God's power is perfected in our weakness in our stumblings. Now, Kim, you know, this is a topic that I'm going to mention next that that really burns in your heart. All of us know, I think, sort of like at least intellectually, that Satan is out to get us, right? That he wants to knock us down. He wants to render us ineffective for the Lord. But I guess I question we whether we really take that threat to heart. So I ask our listeners, if one of the reasons you want to better care for your temple is to increase your energy and enthusiasm for better serving your father, don't you think the devil is going to sit back? Or do you think he's going to sit back without a fight? I'm not thinking so. So Kim, I'm going to ask you to read three verses. John 10, 10. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, and then Ephesians 6, 13 through 16. Okay. So we'll start with John 10, 10, and it reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Judy, I just want to insert something because many years ago, the Lord said something about this scripture to me, and he said, um, the enemy wants to steal your life and he ain't playing. Are you? <laughs> and that was a hard question. So we have to recognize the nature of this threat. 
But he tells us in first Peter chapter five, verse eight through nine, he says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And I love this, that the Lord did not leave us defenseless. But God also says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And that is Ephesians chapter six, verse 13 through 16. I love God's word, Kim. I'm just saying, I just love God's word. So I ask you, our listeners, when you're dodging Satan's darts, are you standing on this truth that God is with you? Or do you default to your feelings? Oh, just this one time. Oh, I just don't want to. Does your self-talk reflect what God says in his holy word? Or are you still listening to those old, tired, untruthful tapes in your head? You know, Kim, you and I, this is like our favorite story of Jehoshaphat, Second Chronicles, there are three armor armies that are headed toward him, all, of course, with ill intent. And this is his prayer. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Ugh. We need to pray that so many times during the day, right? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you from the little things to the big things. So how do you think God responded to him after he called out in such fear and humility? God says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So I say to you listeners, next time temptation looms, pray like Jehoshaphat. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling a little bit tempted right now, but my eyes are on you. So, Kim, I'd like you to just share your thoughts on Satan's pursuits because I know this is a big one for you. Yeah, it is. And it actually reminds me of a story back in the Old Testament in which Joshua was coming up against a horde. And um it says the angel of the Lord showed up on the battlefield and I love the question that Joshua asked him, he said, are you for me or for my adversary? And to me, that is a question that when we have these temptations, we have to ask ourselves is giving into this. Is this for me? Will this help me? Or is this playing right into the enemy's hands to destroy me? And I'm thankful 
that when we have those moments, we have to recognize that God is with us in it. He's right there with us. He's promised to never leave us and never forsake us. And he's given us everything that we need to be victorious. And I think sometimes that forgetfulness is the enemy of faith where we forget these basic truths. And um, it really is up to us each day to reinforce that truth in our hearts and minds and in our actions so that God's word becomes real to us where it becomes a part of us. Thank you, my friend. You know, I say, Kim, that I know this is something spiritual warfare that you're passionate about that because actually in January and February of 2022, you led us through an entire series. So I would encourage our listeners to go back. That was an amazing series. Um, it, It went on for like eight weeks in January and February of 2022, all about spiritual warfare and how do we battle. So please go back and listen to that. So again, last week, we admitted our prideful tendencies. I want what I want and I want it now. Like, that's so me. Uh, But I think it's so y'all too, right? And like I said earlier, today it's going to get a little worse, but next week, grace comes to the rescue. So though it's not a pretty sight, Kim, we're going to take a peek inside our hearts. And the truth is, human yearnings are a very slippery slope. We sort of tiptoe from a request, God, how would you feel, to a demand in the blink of an eye. And if that demand isn't met, there's trouble in River City. And I'm, I ask our listeners, can you relate to that? You're watching TV and one of the gazillion food commercials come on and you decide you want something sweet and you decide you want it now. And the next thing you know, you're focusing on your freezer, right? So, and again, I, I have to admit regularly and confess regularly, my issue, my pride, my demanding my own way, um, it might manifest differently than yours, but it's still pride because mine is more like judgment how dare you? That is like, that is my, fr- how dare you? How dare you be loud? How dare you cut in line? How dare you be slow? How dare you inconvenience me? Uh, you know, like bad customer service. How dare you? Um, it's, it's pathetic. It is so not God's will. And my peace my unimpacted uh, life, quiet, like how dare you disrupt my serenity with your lousy leaf blower or your loud truck. It, it's no longer a quest. It's a demand. And so one of the many works that, uh, th- that Paul talks about in Galatians is idolatry. And I think what's interesting is that we're prone to skip over it. We don't do that, you know. We don't do that. That's when they did like the idols and bowed to golden calves and stuff. But I'd like to access the wisdom of two very well-respected Christian brothers. David Pallison, bless his heart, he went to heaven, I think, in like 2019. He was the former executive director of CCEF, which is Christian Counseling Education Foundation, and Paul Tripp. And Paul Tripp says in his book, Instruments, in the Redeemer's hands, and listen closely, folks, there is an undeniable root and fruit 
connection between our heart and our behavior. People and situations do not determine our behavior. They provide the occasion where our behavior reveals our heart. Oh, that just is a knife. An idol of the heart is anything that rules me other than God. And if God isn't ruling my heart, someone or something else will. Sin is fundamentally idolatrous. I do wrong things because my heart desires something more than the Lord. Our behavior is ruled not by worship, not by service, not by praise, but by a ravenous desire for something. Is this resonating, folks? A ravenous desire for something. It, idolatry, steals the worship that rightly belongs to God and gives it to someone or something else. It is, listen to this, it is a life shaped by satisfaction of cravings. What we worship determines our responses to all of our experiences. Until the idol is removed, it will distort and obscure everything else in the person's life. Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul David Tripp. And, but I, I need to add, David Pallison, add, he piles on the pressure. He says in his book, Seeing with New Eyes, we become engrossed in monstrous trivialities of our own devising. The problem occurs when things like comfort, control, and escape begin to function as gods for us. Turning to these counterfeit gods, he calls them counterfeit gods, which are idols, over and over again can have a cumulative effect on our lives. Over time, we can become slaves to our own desires. You know, ironically, my demand for comfort, like shut up over there, insistence on my serenity, you're disturbing my peace, enslaves me. Again, Paul Tripp, an idol of the heart is anything that rules me other than God. So I ask you, listeners, what ruler do you worship? Like I do, King Comfort. Does food, can food rule you? Does social media rule you? Are you enslaved by your distaste for exercise? Like it is, is it this constant internal battle of, I don't want to do. Kim, comments on the boys' warnings, uh, specifically when we're ruled by food or refusal to move. Wow, that is something else. These quotes that you mentioned about King Comfort in particular, that was one like, ooh, Ooh, you know, there was a time my old pastor um, used to always say this sermon, you're going to have to put on your steel-toed shoes because it's going to step on somebody's feet. 
And I believe some of those quotes that you just put saw mentioned, Judy, they're stepping on someone's feet, but in a good way, because we need to be able to face the truth. And the scripture that came to mind, even as you were speaking, Judy, was Romans chapter six, verse 16. And it says, do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And I always have this image of someone presenting their bellies or presenting their um, hands or presenting their mouths to the enemy for him to use to steal, kill and destroy. And that is not what God desires us to to um, follow after. He desires us to belong to him because he wants only good for us. So, yeah, Judy, those those statements, they really hit to the heart of things when we're ruled by food or we're saying that we don't want to exercise. We do want to ultimately because we want to take care of our bodies as God's temple. But the flesh is going to fight that. But we ourselves are not just flesh. We have God's very spirit on the inside of us who will enable us to do those things that we cannot do on our own. And it will come back once again to recognizing that we're not on our own in this battle, that God is on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Yes, ma'am. You know, the truth is, Kim, overcoming strongholds, whatever they are, always circles back to surrender. Aligning our wants and our will with God's commands. Paul Tripp says, God changes us not just by teaching us to do different things, but by recapturing our hearts to serve him alone. And Kim, that is, therein lies the lie of diets. Diets are about eating different foods, whereas permanent transformative change is about feasting on the bread of life. Keeping our eyes on Jesus when we'd prefer to dive into an unhelpful comfort food. You know, it's not easy. As as Paul Tripp reinforces, every day creation battles with the creator. So hear that. Every day creation, us, battles with the creator for control of our hearts. Whatever rules our hearts will control our behavior. So those horizontal desires, me for peace, you maybe for food, for sugar, compete with the Lord for the rule of our hearts. And so we have to call it out. We have to call it out. We have to really look at our lives honestly and says and say, what is it in a moment of temptation or a moment of craving? Do we want more than we want God's best? And to what false gods are we bowing? And sometimes the reason is bigger than just that piece of pie. It can it can really honestly be a symptom of a deeper, more heartfelt yearning. Maybe maybe you yearn for love, and so you're eating out of that heartache. Maybe you need acknowledgement. Maybe you're unwound over some financial insecurity. 
But again, when we want them more than we want what God wants for us, those hungers of the heart become functional gods. Well, I'll be happy when. So again, David Pallison sets the stage for inner excavation. As a Christian, this is Pallison, as a Christian, you profess that God controls all things and works everything to his glory and your ultimate well-being. We raise our hands on Sunday. We sing that. You profess that God is your rock and your refuge, a very present help in whatever troubles you face. You profess to worship him, to trust him, to love him. But in that moment, for that hour, that day, that season of anxiety, you live as if you needed to control all things. You live as if something, for me, my peace, for you, maybe it's a box of cookies. You live as if something matters more than trusting and loving God. You get, listen to this. You live as if some temporary good feeling could provide you refuge, as if your actions could make the world right. Jim, you obviously understand the fury of emotional eating because you have been very um, forthcoming with us, admitting that you used to guzzle an entire coconut cake in your long ago past. And Pallison said, you live as if some temporary good feeling could provide you refuge, as if your actions could make the world right. So tell us if that described you and yet provide us some specific advice on how to battle those deceptive, destructive moments of passion. Judy, it does describe me in one respect. Um, When he said that you're acting as if it's going to provide you with refuge, yes, that absolutely is true. But the part where he says that as if your actions could make the world right, I will have to say that during those moments, I was not concerned with making the world right. I was concerned at making the world go away. And I just wanted to numb myself to the pain that I was feeling at that moment. And I wasn't turning to God. I was looking to numb myself to it pretty much like an alcoholic would drink alcohol to escape the feelings that they were feeling inside, I just got drunk off food and I wasn't concerned with making the world right. I was just concerned. I just wanted to leave the world. I just want to leave the world alone. But you have to think about the antithesis of those act. Those actions are the antithesis of what Peter told us to be sober and be vigilant because we have a real enemy who is out to destroy us. I mean, think about an, a person who's on the battlefield in the military and they're going out and getting drunk and getting high and then expected to fight a battle. They're not going to be able to, and neither will we, if we keep on um, allowing these, these um, habits to control our lives, to reign on in our lives. So for those people who are out there struggling in this area, then I would ask you to meditate on what God says about being sober and being vigilant because we do have a real enemy. 
And this is one other thing I was going to say is that sometimes I will get people who will email me and say something. But Kim, I've got to eat. We have to eat every day. And to that, what I would say is, yes, that is true. We have to eat every day. But at the same time, the world tells the Bible tells us that all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. And we know in our hearts those foods that we are choosing that hijack our brains. So, yes, you have to eat, but it doesn't mean that that is the only food that you can eat because God has given us many things, many different types of foods that we could choose that we like, which is important, but do not cause us to be numbed out or drunk off of food with that urge to binge. So that is one reason thing that I challenge our listeners to do is check your environment and ask yourself, are these foods that I'm choosing, are they helping me or are they hurting me? Because God will give us wisdom in that regard. Plus, they'll he'll give us the strength to be able to choose those foods that help us and not hurt us. Kim, this is really tough stuff. And I say to our listeners, it's tough stuff. And we're none of us likes to look at our flaws and it goes deep. As we said, sometimes it goes way deeper than just an emotion in the moment. So I have a couple of things for your action invitation. First, go back to your latest laps, whether you weigh over eight or you, you know, you bailed out on working out or whatever it was. And think about what was the what was really going on there. What what were you telling yourself? What was the real reason for compromising? And then I would encourage each and every one of you to go back and listen to this session again, because these quotes by Tripp and Pallison, unless you buy the books, which I would recommend, actually, you can't just go to the word. And they are profound. These are words from very strong men of God. And so go back, listen again, what hits you and do some journaling about that. And again, we encourage you this, especially when you get to the hard stuff, it's it's so much more helpful and effective if you're working through this content with a friend or small group. So go grab Sprinkled Clean off of Amazon, gather your besties, and it's hard. It's worth it. And Next week, we're going to Grace, and that's that's exciting. So I'm going to pray us out. Lord, you are calling your children to search their heart. And so I just pray on behalf of every single person who hears my voice right now. Soften their heart. Open their ears. May they hear your still, small voice. Give them the courage to confess their foibles, knowing that grace is our gift from you. We look forward to discussing that next week, celebrating that next week. That by your grace, all these lies can be transformed to truth. Because of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray. 
Amen. Amen, my sister. Amen. Okay, Kimberly, next week, Embrace Grace. That's the topic. Uh, I am looking forward to that one, sister. So have a great week. Love you. You too. Love you big. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. We hope that our podcast is a trusted partner on your wellness journey. If so, please pray about partnering with us in ministry financially and subscribe at takebackyourtemple.com forward slash donation. Keep tuning in on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And be sure to tell your friends about us. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.